Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoyed listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. You turn in your Bibles to John chapter 1. The book of John chapter 1. The fourth gospel. Um... So many of the songs that we've sung tonight are about praising God. I mean, to the praise of His glory. That's what we are here for. We are here to worship the living God. We are here to worship the God who became flesh and dwelt among us. We are here to worship the Lamb of God who takes away our sin. Tonight, we're going to be looking here at, uh, at some, some verses, some, a passage. Um, it's actually, I, I've preached three sermons on this passage so far um, at, at the other church where I pastor. And since we have had uh, uh, weather issues and have had to cancel the last few weeks, uh, I'm condensing them all down into one. No, no, bear with me. Uh, I, I, I won't take an hour to preach them. <laughs> But tonight, what we're going to see, uh, those of you who are here with us on uh, Christmas Eve, I preached, uh, we we talked about how Jesus was pre-existent. He was the Word of God incarnate. He was the Word of God pre-existent. He he was with God from the very beginning of creation. He was God and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we talked a little bit in that passage about John, about how John was the witness who who preceded Jesus. He was the one who was pointing the way of the Messiah that was coming. And as, as we begin the passage we're looking at tonight, John here, he, he is with his disciples and he, he, people are asking him, who is, who are you? Who, who are you, this, this guy who's out here in the wilderness uh, baptizing people? Who are you? And John's answer is basically, it's not about me. Don't be concerned about who I am. There's somebody greater that's coming. And then... He sees Jesus and he says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I'm talking about. Jesus, he's the one I'm talking about. He's the one who uh, is before me that is greater than I am. That's what John says about Jesus. He says he is the son of God. And then Jesus walks by John and he points out and he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And Jesus begins to call disciples to himself. A couple of John's disciples begin to see Jesus, see what John is saying about Jesus, and and they begin to follow Jesus. And it's so great, so magnificent, that Andrew, one of these disciples, they leave and go get their brother, his brother, Simon. And brings him to Jesus. You know, good news is for sharing, isn't it? Good news, the good news of the gospel. That's what we see in Andrew. He leaves and go gets his brother and brings him to Jesus. Good news is for sharing. We see the same thing in the next passage where Jesus comes and he calls these two men. He calls Philip first. He calls Philip and says, Come follow me. And uh, his 
friend, I guess. It doesn't say they're related or anything. Nathaniel. He goes and gets Nathaniel. Again, just like Andrew went and got Simon, he goes and gets Nathaniel and says, Come, we've found the one who the Old Testament is all about, who Moses wrote about, who was written about in the prophets. We've found him. He's here. Let's follow him. And we see this experience with Nathaniel and Jesus, and Jesus reveals that he knows, he is omniscient, he knows everything. He knew Nathaniel before they'd ever met. I think if we trace a theme through all of these passages together, we are going to see one thing that stands out. Jesus is great. Jesus is glorious. He is great and glorious. He is high above anything we could imagine. And the thing we see here also is Jesus is so great, so amazingly glorious that He draws people to Himself. He is attractive. He draws people to Himself. You can't keep away. We'll read our text tonight. From John chapter 1, beginning in verse 19. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask Him, Who are you? He confessed, and He did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked Him, Who then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. So they said to him, who are you? We need to give an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet of Isaiah said. Now, they had, seen, they had been sent from the Pharisees, and they asked him, Then why are you baptizing? If you're neither the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet, John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one whom you do not know. Even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day, he saw Jesus coming toward him, and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness myself, witness that this is the Son of God. The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus and he, as he walked and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. 
One of the two who heard John speak and follow Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day, we... um, The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come from Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Lord, we pray that you would speak to us from your word. Lord, I pray that you would help me to be faithful as I, as, I, as I share what I have seen in your word. And I pray that you would help me, that you give me strength. Lord, the power in preaching is not in the man. It's not in the preacher, but it is in your word. Lord, we pray that you would take your word and Lord, you promise that it will not return void. We pray that you would use your word. You would unite it with your spirit tonight. Lord, you would speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. We have lots to cover tonight. We begin with John. John was baptizing out in the wilderness. We we know a little bit about him. You know, he he was the one who who ate uh, locusts and honey. He he was dressed in camel's hair. He was that weird guy way out in the desert. He's just this weirdo. He was doing something that the Jewish people did not do. The Jews didn't baptize people. They were wondering, where does this new teaching come from? Where is this, this new ritual coming from, this baptism? So these Pharisees, they came out and they began to ask him, what are you doing? What, what is this thing? Who are you, really? You know, there was a messianic expectation at the time. They were looking for a Messiah to come. They were looking for someone who was going to deliver them from the Roman oppression that they were under. They were looking for someone who was written about. They were looking for someone who was going to reinstitute the, Messianic, the, the, the Davidic kingdom. 
that had, had come to an end whenever uh, the, the God had punished His people and He brought in the Babylonians and, and destroyed Jerusalem and let the, let the king be taken into Babylon in chains. And there had not been a king of Israel that was in the line of David since that time. They were waiting for someone who would be that son of David, who would be that Messiah who would come. And they asked John, are you the one? Are you the one who would be the Messiah? Of course, John says, no. No, I'm not the one. He asks, are you then Elijah? Why would they be asking that? Well, at the very end of the Old Testament, in Malachi, it promises that before the time of the Messiah comes, there would be someone that would come in the spirit and the power of Elijah. So they're asking him, are you really, are you Elijah? And of course, we know about Elijah from the story in Kings about about his ministry, that he was one of the two people in the Old Testament that never died. God just took him. One was Enoch, and then we read the story uh, in Kings about about how um, God sent this chariot of fire down and Elijah was picked up and taken away. So there was this expectation, maybe he would be coming back. This one who never died in the Old Testament would be coming back. But John says, no, I'm not Elijah. Because literally he wasn't. No, we have a little bit of harmonizing we need to do here. Because Jesus is asked (coughs) about John in the other Gospels, and Jesus says that John was Elijah. Well, John was the one who was coming in the spirit and the power of Elijah. John was the one who was uh, fulfilling that prophecy about this messianic forerunner who was going to come before the Messiah would come. But he wasn't literally Elijah. And, and probably John was minimizing his own impact. He was saying, this, this is not about me. It's about him. It's about the one who's coming. <coughs> and then they ask him, are you the prophet? Are you the prophet? That could be many different things. You could be saying, are you one of the prophets who's, who's coming? Are you another prophet just like the ones we've had before? But, you know, it says the word the at the beginning. It says, are you the prophet? And in the books of Moses, in the first five books, it, it tells us there's one who would be a prophet like Moses. I think maybe that's what it was pointing to. Are you the prophet? Are you the one that Moses told us was coming? A prophet like him. John answered, no, no. (coughs) All of this that John said was to to put the emphasis off of himself and say, there's another one coming that's greater than me. It's Jesus. He's the one who's coming and he's greater than me. He's going to come. I'm baptizing with water. But all that does is represent what he's going to do greater. He's going to come and he's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. (coughs) Then, John, he saw Jesus coming toward himself and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John here recognizes who Jesus was. He recognized Jesus was the Lamb of God. (coughs) What does that mean? What is the Lamb of God? Well, Bradley read from Genesis about how Abraham took his son up on the mountain to give a sacrifice. Thank you, Amy. 
I'm getting kind of dry up here. Mo, uh, Abraham took his son up to be a sacrifice. And that was pointing forward to what Jesus would one day be. Except Abraham, he was able to be stopped. He, he didn't have to go through with the sacrifice because God provided a lamb. There was a ram caught in the thicket. And that pointed forward to the fact that God would send a substitute. The Lamb of God who would take away our sins. We see in the Old Testament this sacrificial system of where every year on the Day of Atonement there had to be a lamb sacrificed. The, priest, the people would you know, confess their sins to the priest and the priest would lay their hands upon the lamb and all the sins of the people would somehow... Uh, they thought of it being transferred to that lamb and they would kill that lamb so that the lamb took the punishment of the people. But what John here is saying, Jesus is the lamb. He is the lamb of God. What, what all those sacrifices in the Old Testament pointed to, it, they never took away sin. Even in the Psalms we read that the blood of bulls and goats do not take away sin. It was pointing toward Jesus. Jesus was the one who would be the Lamb of God who would take away all of our sins. And not some kind of sacrifice that would have to be repeated year after year, time after time for every kind of sin. No, Jesus' sacrifice was once for all. Once for all. All of our sins, all of the sins of the whole world laid upon Jesus so that we could be forgiven. Forgiven. John points out Jesus calls Him the Lamb of God. He says that He was the one who came before Him. The one who was preferred before Him. He ranks higher than I. <coughs> you know, John, John was... Uh, a relative of Jesus. John, we, we learn in the other Gospels that, that John was born before Jesus by a few months. And yet, um, <clears throat> all right. Uh, Jesus, John was born before Jesus by a few months. Or, but John always points to Jesus and says, He came before me. Why does that make any sense? Jesus came before John, but John was born first. The reason? John was pointing to the very same thing we see in the very first verses of this book. And he was saying, Jesus was pre-existent. He existed from all eternity past. He was God. He was with God from the beginning. And everything was made through Him. That's what John was saying. This is one who ranks higher than I. He was before me. He was before me. And then Jesus, He says, He was the one who He saw the Spirit descend upon. And He's the one who was going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. John, whenever he did baptize Jesus, we, there was this event in which everybody standing around, they heard the voice of God speaking, This is My Son. Behold, uh, um, this is My Son in whom I am well pleased. And the Spirit descended on him like a dove. And everyone who was there was able to witness that. Witness God testifying that this was the Son of God. And Jesus, as He baptizes in the Holy Spirit, there's lots of controversy about what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit or with the Holy Spirit. I, I don't really want to go into too much other than the fact that this was a greater baptism than John. It wasn't just water. It was something in which he was giving the Holy Spirit to his people. 
I think we can all Christians can agree with that. Then, again, the next day, we see a, a progression of days here. The next day, again, John was standing with, his, with two of his disciples and he looked and he, as he walked by, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. He repeats the same thing. Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard Him and began to follow Jesus. They leave behind what they were used to. They leave, left behind what they were comfortable with. They had been following John and they just leave Him behind. John's not concerned about it. John the Baptist, you know, he was... Uh, he was happy. You know, he, he, his whole ministry was all just pointing to Jesus. So whenever they left him behind and they followed Jesus, that was exactly what he was supposed to be doing in the first place. And Jesus turned and he saw them and said, what are you seeking? You know, that's something that Jesus asks us. There's a lot of reasons for following Jesus. We can... We can look after Jesus. We can be, appear to be a follower of Jesus because, well, that's just the culturally accepted thing to do. We, we, we may come to church because, you know, that's what good people do. And, and, and we want people to see us and see, hey, that, that's a good moral person. He goes to church and things like that. But they, he asked, what are you seeking? What are you seeking? They ask him, where are you staying? Where are you staying? You know, Jesus may ask us the same thing, or he, we, we might ask the same thing when we look at Jesus, at following Him. They want to know, are we going to be provided for? Are, are we going, if we're going to leave everything and follow you, are, are we going to have a life that takes care of all of our needs? Are our needs going to be met? We want to know we have a, a place to lay our head at night. You know, Jesus says in the other Gospels, foxes have holes, the birds of the air have, none, uh, have their nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay His head. They ask Jesus, where are you staying? And He doesn't really give them an answer. He just says, come and see. Come and see. When Jesus calls us, we don't know what to expect. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. We don't know what the next year is going to bring. We don't know what the rest of our life is going to bring. When Jesus calls us, our lives change. He doesn't give us all the answers. He just says, come and see. Come and see. But I promise you, it's worth it. To leave everything behind, to follow after Jesus, it is worth everything. Then, Andrew. We saw Andrew as one of these two disciples of John that left John and went to follow Jesus. And he has a brother. His brother is Simon. And he leaves Jesus and he goes and he finds his brother, Pete, Simon. And he says, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. There was an expectation. Peter knew there was some kind of content with it whenever Andrew came and he found, said, we found the Messiah. We found the Christ. It, it had to make sense to Peter because there was this cultural expectation among the Jews at that time. There was going to be a Messiah come. They knew there was going to be someone who was going to be a descendant of David who would, they believed, 
would deliver them from the Romans who would be the Jewish king. And they said, we found him. We've found this one. Peter left everything. Peter and Andrew, they came and they followed after Jesus. And then finally, this last passage here. The next day, they decided to go to Gal- he decided to go to Galilee. And he found Philip and said to him, follow me. That's what Jesus calls us to. He doesn't give us an, a, a wide, broad explanation. He doesn't give us a plan. Uh, he doesn't give us a certain number of steps that we're supposed to follow. He just says, follow me. Follow me. And Philip, he followed Jesus. And just like Andrew went and found Simon, he goes and he finds Nathaniel. And he says to him, We have found him of whom, the, whom Moses in the law wrote, and also the prophets. Again, just like Andrew said to Peter, We found the Messiah, this person that was written about in the Old Testament. Philip tells Nathaniel the same thing. We have found the one we're waiting for. We have found the one who Moses wrote about. Moses wrote about Jesus. If you've been here in the past, I've gone through a whole story of how all the different places where Jesus was written about in the Old Testament. One beginning, at, very, at the very beginning, in Genesis chapter 3, and the very curse that God gave upon the serpent at the very fall of man. And God says that there will be enmity between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman, and that one day a descendant of Eve, a seed of the woman, would come and crush the serpent's head. I think that's the very first place in the Old Testament we see this sign, this Messiah that's going to come. He's going to crush all of the enemies of God's people. And we see a promised seed of Abraham in Genesis, of of this one who would be a blessing to all nations, this seed of Abraham who would would be a blessing to all nations. We also see it in the prophets. You know, when we read about David, we're reading from the prophets. Kings and Samuel, they are part of the the, um, former prophets. They're not just historical books, but they are considered the prophets among the Jews. And so whenever we read in 2 Samuel chapter 7 of David being promised by the Lord that he would have a son who would sit upon his throne forever. That was written in the prophets. This one who was written about in the Old Testament is finally here in Jesus. He is greater than John. He is the Lamb of God. He is our sacrifice. He is the Son of God. He is the God-man who became flesh. And Jesus, um, I'm going to skip over some stuff. Jesus, says to Nathanael as he comes, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. And Nathanael's like, who told you who I was? How do you know me? 
imagine if you, if you just met somebody for the first time and they started to tell you what kind of a person you were. It'd be kind of strange, wouldn't it? Maybe, you know, if you met somebody who was this famous person, maybe uh, J.K. Rowling, author of the Harry Potter's stories. If you, if you met that person, you might be able to tell them a lot about them, about J.K. Rowling, because you've read their books or something like that. But these, these people had never met. Nathaniel wasn't anybody famous. And Jesus tells him who he was. We see the same kind of thing later on in John whenever he, he meets with the woman at the well. The woman at the well says, he told me everything that I'd ever done. Jesus knew Nathaniel before they'd ever met. Jesus knew all about him. And he knows each one of us. He knows each one of us before we ever have any thought about Him. He knows our name. He knows every hair that is on our head. And He wants relationship with us. He wants us to know Him. He was, when He told Nathaniel that, oh, Jesus, he wondered, how, how did you know? How did you know who I was? And Jesus answered him, before, when you, before Philip called you, when you were still under the fig tree, I saw you. Now what does this mean? Was Nathaniel literally sitting under some kind of a fig tree and Jesus saw him? Well, that might be the case. But there's also a Jewish tradition that to use that expression... Under, sitting under the fig tree is, is um, a metaphor for studying the Scriptures, studying the, the Torah. So maybe when what Jesus is saying is before Philip ever called you, while you were still studying the Scriptures and seeing the story of the One who was to come, this Messiah, this One that Moses wrote about in the, in the prophets, before Philip ever called you, I knew you then. While you were looking for me, I knew you then. This amazed Nathaniel. His response, you must be the Son of God. That's another strange response, isn't it? For someone to tell you about yourself before you ever met, and then to respond, you must be the Son of God? I, I think the only explanation for that kind of response would be that he did expect this Messiah. He did expect this one that Philip said was coming. You must be the Son of God. You're the King of Israel. The one who was the descendant of David. Who would sit on his throne forever. And Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see greater things than these. And um, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angel of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. This kind of language goes back to uh, Genesis again. There's a story where Jacob fell asleep and he had a dream. He, he laid a rock under his head for a pillow. 
And he had a dream. He had a dream that there was this ladder going between heaven and earth, and there were these angels going up and down, ascending and descending upon the ladder. And Jacob, of course, he, when he woke up from his dream, he said, this must be the house of God. He called the place Bethel, which means house of God. It was a, a symbol of, of the fact that God was speaking to him on earth. God in heaven was, was making a connection between heaven and earth. And, and what Nathaniel was seeing, what all of us can see in Jesus Christ, is there is, in Jesus, there is a connection between heaven and earth. He is the God-man. He is both fully God and fully man. Wrapped up into one. The Word made flesh. He is the Lamb of God. He is our access to God. He is the Son of God. He was with God. He made us and He knows us. Before we ever have any thought of Him, He came for us. And He says to us, follow me. Will you hear the voice of Jesus? This one who is amazing, who knows us before we ever knew Him, will you hear His voice and follow Him? Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at redeemerbaptistpanama.wordpress.com or you can like us on Facebook. Facebook.